0: What's up, everyone? And welcome back to another episode of Closing the Loop. My guest today is Keon Kusha, founder of Stacker News. Stacker News is a user-generated feed-style news platform styled after Hacker News, but with Bitcoin Lightning payments integrated. According to Keon, this helps to foster more natural communities, think less spam and antisocial behavior, cultivate high-signal Bitcoin content, and provide a better user experience overall. Stacker News is still in the very early days of its development, but it's a great example of using Bitcoin to improve upon an existing model, and in doing so, explore how different incentives might influence media publishing, monetization, and moderation. Kian is a prime example of someone who caught the Bitcoin bug and just couldn't resist getting involved with Bitcoin and building something with and for Bitcoiners, and it was great to hear more about his story and motivations in this discussion. Enjoy. Boom! There we go, Keon.
1: How's it going? Uh, it's going well. It's cold in Austin, um, but otherwise, uh, it's going well.
0: How cold is cold? Uh, like almost freezing. Oh wow! So, is that abnormal?
1: Yeah, it happens like... Well, no, actually, it it happens like once a year. The snow was abnormal, so it's supposed to be like once every ten years. But we had it last year as well. It seems like
0: it might just keep happening for a while. Yeah, when I think of Texas I think of hot and humid and barbecues and all that kind of <laughs> stuff. You know, snow and cold weather doesn't really come to mind when I think of Texas.
1: Yeah, it's it's like kind of abnormal. It's the kind of unexpected like we like the first year I lived here which was last year and we had this freeze uh our water heater like bursted it's like on because because it's not designed these houses aren't designed for the cold so they put the water heater on the outside of the house and uh it just it just froze and we were without
0: showers for like two weeks we were taking hose hose baths Uh, (laughs) (laughs) really roughing it yeah Uh, are you are you from you're not from texas originally are you no i'm from california yeah and you recently made the move like a year ago or so yeah,
1: a year ago, we had done city shopping around the United States and kind of went everywhere. And we just had a blast when we came to Austin. We got like on a tour bus of uh, a band that was opening for Chris Stapleton. And then that guy, when he came through California, got us backstage at Chris Stapleton. It was just like we had like this magical experience while we were here. And uh, and we also loved it. Like we're both me and my wife are both kind of weirdos. And so it's like really nice to be able to just be weird. Be weird. <laughs> and with your political beliefs too it's just like it's very people are very open-minded i don't know what it is it's like it's kind of because you have like this this liberal island in the middle of like a conservative state and it's it like necessitates like mixing and people having sort of a more open perspective else they don't else they're going to be isolated themselves so
0: yeah were you part of the California exodus because things have just gone to hell in a handbasket there or did you have other motivations?
1: No, we were, I mean, we were planning on moving anyway. Like I, I, I went to college in California and I just kind of stayed in the same college town because I could work remotely as a programmer and we were just kind of getting bored. It was like a, a very suburban area, beautiful town called Davis, California, but it, it just, you know, everyone would come and go because it was a college town. The only reason people were there was college town, or they or they work at the university. So, you kind of have this weird age gap. You have like really young people, and then like quite older professor types. Right. And there's like no none of that middle age group there. And so we just we needed something else, and we wanted a bigger city, and uh, we wanted I wanted I wanted to be around more Bitcoiners, and Austin was obviously the place to be. Um, it, and it's just gotten more and more, uh, kind of concentrated with Bitcoin or since I moved here. But before I moved here, it was it, there was like a lot of signal created by like Jimmy Song about being here. Parker Lewis, obviously, Brian Bishop was here. Uh, Justin Moon. I knew their their Bit Devs meetup was great. It's like the first thing I did when I moved here was go to that meetup. So,
0: and what is you know, I, I guess I have to ask what the Bitcoin rabbit hole story is for you before we dig into. Uh, Austin and the move and and Stacker News and that kind of stuff. But you know what? What first drew you into Bitcoin?
1: Yeah, I mean, so I first heard about it, I think, in 2012. Because I'm like a programmer and I'm on Hacker News and I see these like thi- things come up on on Hacker News about about Bitcoin and stuff. And I didn't really think much of it. And what what's kind of weird is that in my early 20s, like before the this before Bitcoin got released, I was I was I was uh like an anarcho capitalist like i had, I was in that whole scene online, and I was really into that like that political f- philosophy I was reading rothbard I was really reading Mises and it like i didn't connect the dots really between Bitcoin and that philosophy yet because i i hadn't gotten in the community around bitcoin and i w- and once I had gotten to college i'd become like somewhat disillusioned with with the practicalities of of anarcho capitalism became more of like a minarchist, I guess. Um, but it was it was really around 2016. I just finished like a pretty big tour at at the company I joined after college, and I was looking for like the next thing I want to get involved in and really pursue. And you know, the, it was kind of, I think the terms I use were like kind of blockchain or, uh or a blockchain or AI. And then as like a founder, AI is kind of unappealing because you, you need like a lot of data. And so you need like a lot of money or you, you need like existing data sources to kind of get in that. So I was like, all right, I'll, I'll go into blockchain. And I, and before this, I had been using Bitcoin a little bit to do like uh, dark market stuff like uh, b- b- like uh, the first asset I bought was on was on like uh, sil- was on like Silk Road, but it, those were like very small transactions, and I didn't have a bunch of Bitcoin, and I wasn't like ideologically involved in it. It was just I was just trying to get access to drugs in kind of a safe way. Um.
0: Uh, Is that things, what you mean when you say asset? <laughs> Is that what you're? Oh, referring I, said, to? I said acid. So, L- oh, LSD. oh, gotcha, yeah. gotcha, gotcha. I thought you said asset. I was like, okay, what kind of asset? Asset. Got it. Yeah. LSD.
1: LSD. <laughs> <laughs> Fair enough.
0: <laughs> yeah. I wasn't.
1: Bu- I wasn't buying uh, like uh, Borge passports or anything. Right. Right.
0: <laughs> okay. Yeah. So you, you know you started. Linear, you saw it as as a as a useful means of exchange, I guess, initially. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Prior to seeing it as a a grander economic or political instrument.
1: Yeah, and then and then I joined uh, Bitcoin Twitter. So uh, I was I had left I had left this company, and I was building a variety of like software products, but I really wanted to get like deeper technologically into Bitcoin, and so I joined Bitcoin Twitter or I joined Twitter and then kind of quickly found the Bitcoiners. Like I kind of lined up with a, with a lot of their points of view, like even outside of Bitcoin itself and the economics of it, like, you know, some of the, like kind of, even the, the dietary stuff, like I got really into like carnivore stuff around this time. And, um, and I found that all kind of really appealing, just the kind of, um, that like outside perspective or like the contrarianness of that community and like the, the willingness to engage in, in contrarianness. And I, I, I just, it was very simpatico with kind of who I am. And so then I, then I went, you know, from a kind of, Oh, blockchain is interesting to, okay, Bitcoin is really what's, a, what what's kind of what, what is interesting. It's like where all of the signal is. And that's, that's pretty much it. I, and then, you know, the, I continued building things outside of Bitcoin because I felt like I didn't have maybe, um, I don't know, the time, I, I guess, to get to get really deeply technical into it. Um, but I continued to learn about it more and more. And of course, philosophically, I agreed with it. Um, and it was only until I moved to Austin where I was like, I need, I like have to build in this. and it And it seemed much more approachable because I was like around a bunch of people who were building in it or had had previously contributed to core and stuff like that. And, um, it made it much easier to take the leap as I, like I had in a kind of, um, Girardian sense, like models around me that I could, um, kind of base my, my aspirations or desires around.
0: Yeah. That's interesting. You know, you mentioned Bitcoin Twitter. It's so funny how it opens up to you, right? So you, you're on Twitter And then maybe you follow one of these people, you come across a shared or liked tweet, and just slowly but surely, like the whole culture just opens up to you. And you realize (laughs) that, like, there's this whole world of people here online, spread out all over the world that, you know, share maybe a lot of your principles or interests, or, you know, especially interest and belief in Bitcoin. And then, you know, you realize the scale of it. You're like, oh my God, this is a a huge counterculture, you know, seeking to become <laughs> dominant culture, you know, with, with unstoppable money behind them. And then, it, and you know, it becomes so, I'd like to get, you know, get your impression about what finally led you to take the the dive. I, I think I heard on some other podcasts that you had gone to the bit devs and you were like, you know, I want this type of interaction all the time, you know, and how do I facilitate this? I, well, I guess I have to build something in the space and, you know, keep, you know get other people on board But it's funny that, or maybe not funny, but it's such a common phenomenon that people that end up coming into Bitcoin, maybe via Bitcoin Twitter, you just can't think about anything else. Like it just consumes your mind like a virus. And you need to be having those conversations. You need to be hanging out with those people. You need to be building in that space. You need to be learning. And it it gets to a point where you almost can't uh, faithfully engage in other work or you know, other components of your life, you just end up having to either join a Bitcoin company or start a Bitcoin company or do something in the space because it's, it's where all your natural interest is flowing and it feels so, I mean, it's almost draining to force yourself to do something else. And that's the, that gravitational pull into Bitcoin that so many people experience.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I, I definitely find that to be the case. I mean, as I was saying before, I've I've been building things on my own for a long time. And so I've gotten like one of the things when you're like a founder or or building things, like you begin to have like a lot of it, it it, you're, you're basically strengthening your introspection in terms of like what, what drives you and appeals to you and what doesn't. And I talk a lot, uh, like my, my wife is a clown and so she's quite creative too. And so what do you mean? Like, uh, like,
0: like a professional like a clown,
1: clown, like a clown, like a clown, clown. She does like it's more like um, it's, it's more like like Andy Kaufman stuff than it is like a like kind of a birthday clown. Um, right. That's that Andy Kaufman is maybe the closest <laughs> kind of thing. But one thing we talk about a lot is like your like your your internal story, like the things you tell yourself while you're creating, mm. and a lot of that is. A lot of that is like you're figuring out the internal landscape of like your kind of motivation and goals and you're like trying to trying to traverse that thing. And Bitcoin is is definitely like this gravity well in, in that landscape where I just kind of it's like so obviously like a a, a paradise in that landscape. And um, so I just had I had this like incredible pull, especially after I moved. Uh, to Austin and got around more Bitcoiners. it was, it was just, I was like completely infected at that point. Mm.
0: And what was the, you know, where did Stacker News come from, I guess, you know, why the, why the motivation and interest in doing this type of a, a project or business in Bitcoin?
1: Yeah, I think, um, so I went, I like the, the story goes, I went, I went to my first BitDev's. This is really where I got like, like infected with, with the full, the full blown virus. Um, But uh, I was there and it felt like an episode in the AMC show called Halt and Catch Fire. And uh, it's like, it's like about, it's about like the, the early internet, um, early, er, early PCs, that kind of stuff. And it was, that show depicts like a group of kind of programmer misfits and they're kind of building what what the current world is and um and i felt i i like felt i was in that episode like i was just having like like i was in a a, an episode of that show i felt like i was having like flashbacks to like scenes in that show that i had seen as i was sitting in my first bit devs um just like the concentration of signal and like, like the deepness of meaning and everything like that was 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 just present, and you know, there's all these quirky characters. You have, you know, Jimmy Song there with his cowboy hat, and you have like a, you know, a variety of people who are just like outwardly contrarian, and you know, their personalities are are somewhat contrarian. Um, and it's just like w- what you'd expect in a movement like this, in, in, in early, an early stages. Um, so I, w- I was, I was fully infected, and I was like, man, I, I really have to just start doing something in Bitcoin. And then so the, so the, fir- that was after the first bit devs. And then I was kind of, uh, there was like this gap between that bit devs and the next. I was, I wanted more bit devs and I couldn't, I couldn't get it. And then I went to my second bit devs and I was walking with Ben the Carmen to, to get, uh, to get drinks with everyone afterward. And I was like, how do I do, how do I get what you guys are doing? Cause uh, Ben, Ben, Ben Carman hosts uh, the bit ho- hosted bit devs at this point, along with Justin Moon. How do I get this? How do I get this every day? Like, how do I get Bitcoin like this every day? How do I keep up with Bitcoin every day? And Ben said to me, "Oh, you know, you just you stay on Twitter and Reddit all day, and you can kind of <laughs> you'll you'll kind of get it, and you know, dev mailing lists and stuff." Um. And I was like, it's just, that's just not, this is not enough. That's not, that's not what I, I don't want to do that. I'm already doing that. And I'm just finding it kind of difficult to keep up. Um, and I'm like, what I really want is like a hacker news for Bitcoin. I want, I want to, I want all, I want like to, I want concentrated signal around Bitcoin in one place where it's not, it's not as noisy as something like Twitter. Like Twitter has a bunch of value and the community. There is quite strong in Bitcoin, but but it is quite noisy. You do have to filter out a lot of stuff. I mean, because people are posting about a variety of things, and you can't you can't properly partition out uh, other things. And I knew I wanted to build something in Bitcoin, and so I had been and I had been wanting like a you know a, a Bitcoin f- uh, like a Hacker News that that maybe was more supportive of something like Bitcoin. And so I was like, that's what I'll do. I'll build. I'll build. I'll build Stacker News, which is like Hacker News, but uh, uses Bitcoin in all the ways that it could possibly use Bitcoin. And uh, yeah, that's, I mean, that's, that's basically the genesis of it. And this was how long ago? Was this earlier th- uh, last year? Yeah, I think last this year? was, I think I had the, like, the, the real, like, uh, like, I really want to build this in probably, I think it was, I think it was late maybe late February, like the domain just renewed. So, um, maybe it was, maybe it was actually earlier where I bought the domain, but, uh, I didn't start building it. I don't think until May and, and yeah, and then launched in June.
0: Right. What's been your experience in learning about and, you know, using integrating lightning because, you know, obviously lightning allows for a whole new world of applications to be built on with, bitcoin integrated and you know so much more value to be expressed and to be um yeah just more a part of all of these different applications that where where it couldn't be or there was too much friction or cost to do so before so what's been the process of your own education uh with lightning for, i mean i think everyone learns differently for me i learn by
1: building so um it like i i actually wasn't too familiar with with lightning and the technical details until I started building Stacker News, and then it's it's very easy for me to uh, like learn something when I have when I have when I'm waiting for a product on the other other side of that learning, and it just kind of pulls the the motivation just comes very easily from that. Um, I I also did Chaincode Labs. I did I did both their Lightning seminar and their Bitcoin seminar, uh, which are fantastic, and I highly recommend it to anyone. Uh, even if you're, even if you're not like completely technical, um, they do a pretty good job of also training. Like you, they have UX people in there, PMs. Um, you do have to, you do have to like understand like some things technically, but they, they do a good job of, um, kind of help helping those people along through there. Uh, and their mission is, is great and everything. Um, yeah but I I'd, I'd previously built applications that had like traditional payment systems in them so I was using things like Stripe which has like as far as like interfacing with the with a traditional banking system it's quite good um but you're not you're still you're you're extremely coupled to their application and like their the, the way they interact with with banks I don't know I don't know how I'd leave Stripe for something else um and like, while that UX is familiar to people, I'm, it doesn't seem much better than than Lightning's UX. So, like, the, like a, a person who's learning Lightning for the first time, they have complaints about having to learn all the things to have to do that have to do with Lightning. But I would say, like, overall, the current the current experience using Lightning is better than than like a traditional system. There is you do have to learn something new, and that's like everyone hates that. But I would say it's quite great. And then as a developer, you know, I'm basically running. I'm like, I have a, I have a node in the cloud that's running my own bank, and so I don't need a Stripe. I just need, I just need a computer that kind of that has a key pair on it and can do all the things that Lightning and, and Bitcoin needs to do. Um, and I'm not dependent on a Stripe. Um, I can, I can take that node and maybe, and I can run it maybe on my own hardware, maybe instead of on the cloud. If you know, if such a such a circumstance arises that that's necessary. But I'd, but I'd say, I mean, there are tons of things we can do to make Lightning better. Um, and it's not perfect, but I'd say it's very approachable as a developer, especially with some of the tools that are out there to do it. And uh, I think I think the user experience is quite good
0: now. What have been some of the things you've learned, like if you compare something like Stacker News to Hacker News or Reddit or something like that where you know, I guess one of the differences is there's a cost to upvote right, you, you kind of vote with sats what are some of the differences that you've noticed in that, you know, perhaps slight or perhaps gross change in the model, like in terms of behavior of people that use the platform or may, and maybe even the, the original incentive to, to build it that way
1: yeah, well, the 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 like the the reason why I built it that way was because uh, I knew that spam and like low quality contributions were a huge problem on uh, platforms like Hacker News and Reddit. I knew they're like they they're hev- they're heavily moderated. They ha- they have to be. I I had experiences on on Hacker News posting things that just wouldn't they would get immediately. Like removed from the board, like I was asking too many questions on their their ask page or whatever and and maybe and maybe I was being a bad user um, by doing that, but they they have to come up with they have to have lots of human intervention because they don't have a way of of modifying the incentives otherwise it's free to post it's free to upvote. they can do a, a user has has almost like too much too much power and not enough friction to to engaging in bad behavior um, and not much incentive to engage in good behavior. So the, I knew the incentives were kind of broken and you hear all, you hear all the, like you hear people like Jack Dorsey talking about it on Twitter and how, how beyond just like the, the simple user interactions, also the, uh, the company's incentives get weird. Like they, the only way they can like monetize their users is by gathering a bunch of data on them and, and more or less selling it to advertisers. So, but as far as like, so, uh, and Sphinx Chat had just come out and I knew they, they were using Bitcoin to prevent spam and, or to, to deal with some of these, these issues that, you know, platforms like Discord have a huge problem with, um, where they just get inundated with bots and, uh, and um, people posting, posting things that they shouldn't in there, uh, just spam generally. So I thought, oh, cool. So I'll make I'll make it very I'll make it like a very for a very nominal amount. You'll 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 be able to post and comment. Um, so for one sat, you can post and comment on Stacker News, and then upvoting will also costs you something. So you really there's like a little bit of friction, but not a ton. And there's like quite a lot of friction if you're not into Bitcoin. If you don't understand, if you like, if you aren't hip to Lightning and and stuff, you're you're likely not going to be a user. And so that was that was beneficial. I think that that for me that that was a huge. Um, huge add to like my goals in terms of like concentrating Bitcoiners on a platform. Um, but yeah, I think, but I, I think it's, it's very, it's like very early, but those are like the basic mechanics of the site is you kind of, it costs you a little bit to post and comment. A lot of users earn that money back as a result of like other people liking what they do, assuming people like what they do. And, uh, yeah, so we have users like fairly regularly earning like you know it's not a lot but like a dollar or two a week um and then you're you and your ama earned like 25 and um and so i think as it as it like scales potentially my hope is people can earn like meaningful amounts of money and then we'll add other other mechanisms for them to earn maybe you could start you know selling things on it or you know it's very easy because we have such a such a because lightning payments are kind of like a first citizen on the platform, and like exchange between us- users as a first citizen on the platform, it's it's very easy to facilitate like like some somewhat of a marketplace beyond just beyond even just content.
0: Yeah, I, am I right in if when you sign up for Stacker News, you get like a lightning address, right, that you can use and a lightning wallet, obviously, and, and you can use that address to receive lightning payments elsewhere. Now, it obviously goes to your stacker news wallet based on that lightning address but that's that's how it works right
1: yeah so uh you get it so when you sign up for an account you also get a wallet it's kind of a, it's a vir- like, like i call it a virtual wallet because it's actually it's um i have i basically multiplex a bunch of user accounts or user wallets on top of just one a single lightning wallet so it like it it has all the functionality that you would expect in like a in a non custodial Lightning wallet on your phone, but uh, it's actually underneath it's just it's just one Lightning wallet, and then I have like a, a layer of that that kind of abstracts that away and kind of partitions uh, user accounts. Mm-hmm. Um, and- but in, in terms of like depositing money, you can either uh, you can either use a, the traditional more the more traditional invoice method or Lightning addresses.
0: Yeah. Right. So mine is JV at news. right? So people can send me lightning payments to that address regardless, yeah. right? Yeah. They can. Um, what's it been like, which is cool because uh, I, I think, I still think it's the case that most, even a lot of lightning users are maybe not familiar with lightning addresses or using lightning addresses, right?
1: No. I mean, it's becoming more, com- a lot more common in wallets. I think most major wallets support it now because the UX is so nice. It's just, yeah. It makes, e- makes sending money as easy as sending email. Um, But uh, yeah, I don't, I don't think
0: many people are aware of it. Uh, What's it been like just managing uh, liquidity and stuff like that? You know, the the, the typical lightning considerations when you're, you know, uh, helping people or allowing people to make payments and stuff.
1: I haven't had much of an issue. So I sat, I, when I, I don't, I don't. I, when, I, when I initially launched the n- node for it, I connected to like five of the hubs in, in the Lightning Network. And they're, you know, the Lightning Network, unfortunately, kind of, I think for a lot of people, has like a hub and spoke pattern to it. And so it does, it there are like points of centralization or concentration in the network. And I think that'll improve over time as the kind of developers try to figure that out. But uh, I connected to them. And I don't, as far as I know, I don't, have any issues with it? Everything stays fairly balanced, and you and I, I in the footer of the page, like my um, my like connector address is there, so anyone can any user can provide liquidity to the site if they want to, and mm-hmm. and benefit from payments flowing through it. So we haven't we haven't had much of an issue, um, in terms of that in terms of that yet. It's 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 taken care of itself fairly naturally, and it's also very small payments, obviously going through the side, yeah.
0: So what's the the Well, I guess what have you learned about what generate, because I guess the AMAs, you've done one with Gigi, myself, Jimmy, uh, Matt O'Dell, and those seem to be fairly popular, at least in terms of, you know, how much sats flow are associated with them. So what's been the process of you discovering, uh, you know, how to get users, how to make it sticky, and then also as a business or revenue model, how to generate, you know, sats flow through the, the page?
1: yeah uh yeah the amas are probably the most popular thing on the site i think they users clearly like them and uh it does so the users clearly value them based on the amount of stats that they put into them and then like the engagement is quite high on them so you know there'll be roughly you know 50 to 100 kind of uh comments on them currently and it is it is an like the incentives are nice um, cuz uh, p- users who who do the AMA they get they get perhaps questions from people that they wouldn't otherwise get and it's not filled with kind of a bunch of crypto spam like you'd get on something like Twitter yeah. um and then uh stacker news uh benefits from like their audience being coming becoming aware of stacker news um and that was just that wasn't actually like intentional it just kind of seemed to ha- happen as a result of having these AMAs on there um as far as getting users it's been i mean <sighs> building in bitcoin and building for bitcoiners is pretty easy uh, like i i mean i think like as relative to building for everyone cuz the the community is very tight knit and they really appreciate people who appreciate them and yeah um i think I think it's like a no-brainer to kind of to kind of build for Bitcoiners, Um, and the site has kind of naturally grown. It like I haven't done anything like the AMA's drive growth, and uh, I try to post occasionally to Twitter, Um, and then being being open source and having like an RSS feed and like basically having protocols that people can use to interact with the site has been helpful too. Like we had a a user create a Twitter bot, we had a we had a user create a Mastodon bot. The same user, and then we had another one create a Telegram bot, and then recently someone created a, a like a an iOS widget um that has like you know the top news story in it. Um, so that's that's been good too. Uh And then as far as like money, as far as revenue and stuff, it's it's minuscule. I think I've maybe earned like at most maybe like five dollars. A, a month or something um it's 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 really kind of it's it's a laughable amount of money as far as like a business but i think there'll be ways to you know if if like or when we get more more ways for users to earn money it becomes a little more natural to be to be trying to get because i'm because i'm kind of middlemaning to get a little bit of that for the site we're trying to figure things out like uh, one of my angel investors, Kevin Rook, who was—I was recently on his podcast. He wants me to build uh, a job, like a a, a Bitcoin job board. Isn't it there board. already? No, I mean I link to Bitcoiner jobs. Oh, I
0: see. Right, right, right. Yeah. So you do your own? You mean? And yeah. Yeah. Revenue. Take a, a share of the revenue from placements or something.
1: Yeah, yeah. We'd have like uh, we'd have kind of an auction for spots on the on the page. So like we have 21 posts on the front page. On the job page, there'd be there'd be 21 posts too. And then a you know, if a company who wanted their job to really make sure their job was seen, they'd pay a little more in lightning and it'd be kind of like an eBay auction in terms of like a range you would set that you're happy to be in. And I think mm-hmm. that could be interesting because it's it's kind of a market based uh ranking rather than what you see on a traditional website. Um And then we can, then that revenue is obviously directly paid to Stacker News, but then we can do things like if we want to fuel growth more, we can just, we can pay it to users. We can, we can give them the like, Hey, you're, you're the eyeballs that are causing people to want to post jobs here. And like your engagement on the site and you bringing other people here by your contributions to the site are the reason why this job board is valuable. So you should get the benefit of of the money that we're making from that. And then we could, so we could take that, the money that we earn from the job board and just pay it, pay it back to users directly. Um, and that would also help fuel growth, obviously. Um, but yeah, that's just kind of, it's like, how do you, how do you use lightning to do things that you couldn't do before? That's like Mm. mostly what I spend my time thinking about is like, how do I, how do I use lightning for different kinds of ranking algorithms? How do I use lightning, um, to to restructure incentives in a way that that maybe makes content higher quality uh, reduces kind of um, you know sibils in in the system like jimmy song on the platform recently asked for polling cuz he wants like a really high signal bitcoin poll where you can poll people in bitcoin and and know that they're they're really like a real entity that is engaged in bitcoin or not mm-hmm. and so think just like those those are the kind of things I think about and I'm not I'm not overly concerned about about making money right now because I just it's part of that's one of the hazards of raising uh, venture capital is uh you maybe get away from that kind of stuff, but it's also one of the benefits is that you can really really focus on what users want and not trying to monetize them.
0: Yeah. On that point about raising capital and you know having to uh get users on the platform before You know, it makes any sort of significant revenue. How do you deal as an entrepreneur? How do you deal with the opportunity cost of, you know, going to a pre-existing, you know, either big tech or maybe even Bitcoin company and making a a comfortable salary there versus, you know, all the risk and the opportunity cost and all that kind of stuff of building something that you just want to see in the world, especially, you know, because Bitcoin is always this uh, lurking value. Contrast mirror sort of thing, right? That says like, "Well, do you want to do this thing, or do you want to stack more Bitcoin?" And that's always the kind of put like the the incentive uh, battle that we all must face. So, how do you face that as an entrepreneur?
1: Yeah, um I think yeah, it's a it is a it is a push and pull. I was having a conversation with uh, Paul from Voltage yesterday, kind of about this. Is like um, it'd be it'd be nice where. I could spend my weekends not thinking about work, um, like or like you know, work or actually it's like actually working. Um, like I'm con I'm constantly because not only do I have to do things, I have to tell myself what to do. So I'm like I'm like fulfill I'm like fulfilling two roles. So it makes the job really hard. As far as the like financial part, being the boss, yeah, you have to be you have to be a boss and an employee simultaneously. Um, the financial part. Is there's definitely a huge opportunity cost, um, but fortunately or unfortunately, I don't really. I I kind of dislike money, like I just, uh, perhaps why I like why I like Bitcoin. But it, like I was I was making a lot of money formerly at my job, and I I felt miserable. I was I was like I, I was like it just, um, it it just I just didn't feel good, and I I have this problem when I when someone's when like, I have like an over reciprocation drive. So like when someone does, when someone's paying me to do something, I will work myself to death to do it. Mm. And, uh, it creates a, like, unless I'm working for myself, um, it creates like a weird scenario where I'm like never getting enough from the employer. Um, so it, for me, I always, I've always wanted to create things from starting in college. Like I was, like while I was getting straight A's in college, I developed my first um, my first application and released that, and it did it did fairly well. It was like a location based wiki, um, but I I never really wanted to have a job. That was like one of the reasons why I like programming so much. Is uh, like when I had, when I had gone to college, like the iPhone had just come out, and I was like enamored by by some of these stories of people creating like a simple game app and like creating an income for themselves and not having to have a job. Mm. Um, so I, I guess I just place more value on like the creative freedom than I do on the like dollar amount, like relative to my, my former salary with even having raised venture capital, I'm taking a huge pay cut. Um, and maybe the equity will be worth something, but I'm, it, it you know, the, you know, and I'm hoping I can, I'm hoping I can deliver on that. But, uh, yeah. I, don't, I I think it's different for everyone. I, I, I just, I over, I significantly overvalue the autonomy.
0: It's definitely different for everyone. And even though, you know, you have this massive, well, a lot of people have this, you know, massive, uh, desire or incentive to stack sats, right? Because, you know, if we all are right about Bitcoin, but as, as we were saying at the opener, How? what is the value of being able to wake up every day and do exactly what you want with the people that you like being around? And that is really hard to put a price on. And I I mean, I think a lot of people are making the decision, you know, anyone who comes out of, you know, their soul destroying job in finance or accounting or, you know, big corporate thing to join a Bitcoin startup or do something in the Bitcoin space. I mean, they're making that decision that it's not all about dollars and cents or sats. You know, there's a Genuine. There's an extreme value actually in being able to work on what you think is most meaningful with people that you're so closely aligned with. I mean, it's you know I feel that too. It's amazing.
1: Yeah, I think I think some people I think some people just d- maybe don't think about their life um like it like fully. Like perhaps that's what keeps them from maybe seeing seeing things this way. Mm-hmm. Or you know perhaps you and I are both. Maybe perhaps you and I are both you know the the actual ones who are wrong here um, <laughs> but I, I mean I tend to not think so. I think the the most valuable and thing things in life are kind of um you know your relationships with other people and then kind of your your like relationship with yourself and and uh like I don't see myself regretting not having made a bunch of money and and having like a bunch of possessions when i die it's like do i have i have I made the meaningful connections with other people have I fully expressed like my my human potential have i let myself like dare to do that um that's what that's like really what i think about all the time is like am i being am i being timid am i being afraid of of doing what i want to do is am i am i is this thing does this thing look too challenging so i'm avoiding it and uh I just want to engage with that all the time. That's like where all of like, I can just feel my brain switch on in those scenarios. And I get, you know, you get the, you get that dopamine, you get kind of everything you want. And, uh, that, that just, it's like, I don't feel alive unless I'm doing that stuff all the time.
0: Yeah. And, and the funny or maybe not so funny, the expected outcome is often when you do that, when you take that leap of faith to follow that sensation that feels good and those people that you align with and that meaning that wells up inside of you when you work on certain things, what do you know the energy and the determination that you bring as a result of that ends up resulting in success that you probably could never have attained or imagined otherwise hanging on to the 200 grand a year job that is killing you every day, you know?
1: Yeah. I mean, I uh something i i like to explain like one of the ways i view my emotions are kind of like kind of like the best friend you could have or have that like they know you better than anyone else and they're they don't know how to communicate they don't have words they don't have anything but they're like showing they're like they're telling you with chemicals like what like who you are and what you need and uh yeah for me it's clearly it's clearly like deep meaningful relationships and deep meaningful work and
0: uh yeah yeah i mean and and it's it's a challenge to uh develop a sensitivity to be able to listen to those voices those chemical messengers you know because okay. we 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 grow up and we're put through the education system that is extremely narrow and it's you know rewards you based on very uh narrow and and uniform metrics and so you end up coming out of that system as uh mostly sensitized or you know perceptive to a very narrow aspect of who you are and the, the signals that are welling up inside of you and you know as you say those those messengers that might be trying to communicate with you i may you know maybe we could broadly speaking call it intuition and to develop an ability to interpret and then have a courage and faith to follow your intuition is by no means an easy task and i think a lot of people wind up pursuing things in life that are not in line with those those more subtle messages because they simply don't know how to interpret them and 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 have been kind of trained to discredit the messages that they're carrying and the validity of the messages they're carrying and I you know I think uh, a lot of people seem to be in the Bitcoin space and maybe there's a natural selection bias here combined with some sort of phenomenon that Bitcoin is drawing out of people that's allowing them to listen to those voices and to pursue uh what they're what they're telling them and and that's why i think more and more people are you know dropping out of of fiat world and fiat jobs and and coming into bitcoin and 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 again like the the reward in doing that is not just uh what i think is oftentimes the financial reward like if you align yourself with bitcoin if you stack sats if you're building in a bitcoin company you're probably going to be rewarded as a result but is in arguably the the grander reward or the greater reward which is being, being able to wake up every day and pursue something that is meaningful to you with other people that are doing the same i mean that's just priceless and i think you know one of the things i often talk about with bitcoin is how based on how it allows you or even uh forces you to reframe value i think by you know whatever complex mechanism is taking place it ends up diminishing the value of, as you said, like those material, you know, status or transient uh, objects of value. And it ends up elevating those more transcendent or priceless things of value, like relationships and like uh, beauty and like truth and like freedom and like love and friendship and meaning and these things that, you know, they are not subject to diminished valuation as a result of having this like burning hot thing of value that's entered your consciousness in the form of Bitcoin. And as a result, it seems to be like an attractor of those things. And so, and I I see that in the Bitcoin space, I see people not valuing the Lambos and the mansions and all this kind of stuff, but valuing genuine connection and aligned purpose and honesty and, you know, and all of those things that are part of now the emerging uh, principles and ethos of of a, a genuine culture, like we said at the beginning, you know, and and being a part of that is so gratifying. I mean, it's, it's addicting, right? You can't, it's, you, you can't leave it.
1: No, no, I mean, <laughs> yeah. I mean, I mean, we like you see all the memes of like people who can't stop talking about Bitcoin. I mean, I, I don't. I mean, it, it's just true. It's just, just like why? Why would you talk about anything else? There's like this is where this is where all the meaning and purpose is. This is where everything that's important is happening. Why? Why would, why would I do anything else? And it, I think, you know, it and it fits really well with, with your, uh, money, the Messiah article. Um, and, uh, it, it, it is, it has so many parallels. It's incredible, um, to like a religious experience. And it, I mean, even, even our like relationship with other blockchains they're kind of like they're kind of like the false prophets of the kind of the kind of world they're they're claiming that there's something like like the messiah and they're not and we're all we all have like this allergic reaction to seeing these these like false these like false prophets and um yeah it's 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 truly it's truly magical and you just you as a as as someone in like as in someone in the space it's just you want to put you want to get everyone in there too and have the same benefits um and uh yeah i i mean i i was like i was already aligned with bitcoin stuff like i i like i already had the political point of view i already had the kind of some of the contrarian aspects you talked about school earlier and how it like structures someone's brain like i i i didn't get through high school i like dropped out of high school and later went back to college. Like I was like, I was allergic to someone telling me what my, what my goal should be like setting up these kind of, these kind of uh, these targets that you, these arbitrary targets that you get in school sometimes. And, and and they're having you shoot them and scoring your, you're shooting these arbitrary targets. Mm. I just, I didn't like that at all. Um, and uh, yeah, I don't, it, but I but you, then you hear other stories like like someone like Kyle Murphy who runs Pleb Pleb Lab here uh, the Bitcoin bum you had him on your podcast um, and he he says that it that Bitcoin what he when he cha- when Bitcoin changed him like he he wasn't like he wasn't running his life in parallel with Bitcoin and then they uh, and the, or like s- sort of skewed parallel and, and ran into each other he. He was running kind of the other direction, and it pulled it pulled him back and lined him up again. And I'm really in, like I I wonder what that experience is like because I don't know what that's like. But that that sounds that sounds incredible. Like the fact that we have a technology that's transforming people's
0: lives is crazy. It is crazy. I mean, <laughs> do you ever give thought to what you know mechanistically or in terms of a process or, or anything that's going on to to cause that? I mean, as you say, it's not like only it's. It's not like it's only uh, attracting people that were kind of like running along the train already, right? And just, you know, grabbed a, a handle and hopped in, like maybe the case with you, because there were so many existing philosophical alignments, but it's that people that could have, you know, could be totally opposite philosophically, there's still an, a, an attraction of some kind happening there. And then once pulled in, the transformation, I mean, this is one of the primary things that I am interested in and I like to explore is, is the the nature and the reason for why people are seemingly quite transformed by what is ultimately, uh, you know, a protocol that exists on the internet that you can't see, smell, taste, touch, but is having this radical effect on consciousness.
1: Yeah, I wish I knew. I mean, I hope, I hope <laughs> you. I hope you write more about it so I so I can know. <laughs> I mean, it, it just feels like it feels like everything. I mean, it feels it feels like like the reason is is like the reason people are so aligned with it is that it that it does everything it should do like i and i don't like i don't know like i don't i don't know what that is but i don't know why i'm so insane why i feel so insane about it like i wish please tell me in, in, in a blog post but it's uh um i can i i i don't know i mean there's something about there's something about like the long term thinking with it of course and there's something about how it it's like restoring power back to people and, um, and that, I think giving, giving like people, people seeing a technology give them power, I think is, is maybe, is maybe a big part of it. Um, I don't like, I, I I really don't have an answer, but it's clearly, there's
0: clearly something. (laughs) Yeah, clearly it's a very tough question and we'll, we'll probably be exploring it. For many years to come you know because I, I think there's a lot happening at once clearly and it's not just one thing uh and that's why it's so powerful but i think it's also really unprecedented you know and i this is the point i kind of tried to make in that in that piece that it may just be another level of something that's happened many times before but we'll we'll have to leave that uh that conversation for now but w- what's it like to be uh in the pleb lab you know you mentioned kyle and he's been uh, spearheading that in Austin, you're kind of in the mecca. You're around Bitcoiners all the time. Uh, just, you know, give me some insight on what that's like. Cause I'm, I'm jealous, right? Cause I exist yeah. outside of that landscape and I get my rocks off by doing stuff like this and podcasting and Twitter. Yeah. But I'm not in meat space with near enough Bitcoiners on a regular enough basis. So tell me what, what that's been like.
1: Oh, it's, inc- it's incredible. It's like priceless. Um, I don't, I mean, it, like every day, I get to talk about Bitcoin with Bitcoiners. Like, uh, you know, so you, you know, so you said you get you get these podcasts and you can kind of do that. And, um, but I sp- I'll, I spend eight hours a day with these guys, and then more if we go out to dinner or something. And then there's all of these events here all the time. The they're basically like many conferences. The Bit Devs here, it's like two hundred two hundred fifty people. The we have Austin Bitcoin Club, which is like less technical, which which Pleb Lab kind of runs right now, and they they have two hundred two hundred fifty people showing up to those. Um, I don't know. It's like, it's like, uh, the difference between like kind of going to church and reading the Bible. It's like the, you know, it just, it, it creates like a tangibility to something that's kind of intangible. Mm. Um, yeah. It, and it wasn't obvious to us that that would, that would happen. We just kind of all coincidentally ended up working out of capital factory because Carr, the other co-founder of club lab was, was, he interviewed me here and then he got like a, this kind of like membership here. And so him, him, me and Kyle were all here kind of working out of here. And then when my, when my membership was about to end, I was like, I'm really going to miss this. I just want, like, this is, this has been so incredible. I get to come every day and talk to someone about Bitcoin. I don't have to like nag m- my wife to talk about Bitcoin with me or <laughs> like try to find, like try to set up all these dinners. It's just like all day I got to talk about Bitcoin. And, uh. And yeah, so then we figured out a way for us to keep all working together. And then we got more Bitcoiners to work with us. And now, like as a founder who is otherwise like building solo, it's it's just, it's totally priceless. Like, I don't, I don't know how, it just gives me energy every day. I just have like, I just have, I just have momentum. It's like a, it's like an, like an escalator of sorts. Uh, like I don't, I don't have to do as much work to get myself motivated. It's like pushing me forward.
0: Just yeah. like I'm in the am
1: in the I'm in the
0: current of it. That's so great because uh, most of us probably have experience with some kind of co-working space, and even those places like there's a cool energy when you come out of a meeting or come out of work. There's people hanging around having tea, coffee, beer, and it, like it's a more interactive environment. But just imagining all those people being hardcore Bitcoiners, I like yeah. <laughs> is, it must it must be incredible. Uh, back to the to Stacker News for a little bit. What? You know, I'm interested in how people consume content and the different ways that that may be changing, both because of pre-existing trends in content creation and consumption, as well as the influence of Bitcoin and Lightning on that that process. Like, what do you think, or how do you think about that, how people create and consume content? Because obviously you're going with a, for, like somewhat of a pre-existing format and then grafting on something different to it. Um... As more and more content platforms integrate Lightning, you know, maybe even something like a blue sky or Twitter ultimately integrates something that helps uh, eliminate, you know, spam and, and bots and that kind of stuff. How do you think content consumption evolves in this emerging landscape that like uh, Lightning facilitated content uh, or value for value and, and content creation and, and publishing?
1: I mean, it, it seems like the, the biggest value that will be provided or the like the the real like eureka here is is the micropayment thing so you can kind of really like for very low value content you can deliver a low value payment and so like things that didn't fall or didn't cross the threshold of like faci- like um making sense for a credit card payment in the traditional system is now now can actually receive and I can actually receive payments quite easily, and so like it makes sense for me to you know spend a dollar while i'm streaming a podcast to that podcaster because it's because there it's not there's not a, like a super extractive fee I don't have to get out my credit card um, it's just it's kind of naturally i mean it's natively digital that's just kind of the main thing um, so i think we'll we'll see content that previously had trouble getting monetized getting monetized now and then i think content that was prior uh, like prior to lightning and bitcoin existing that w- was already uh, monetizable perhaps improving its like monetization and um by m- making it easier for people to pay and for the uh content creators to um to deliver a payment a, a payment method to their users I think that's the main thing is like just just an increase, like a small increase in the efficiency kind of opens up um, quite a bit of of ways users can get like like a good ex- a great example of this is kind of is stack work and how they're paying their users in in third world countries like very small amounts for very small tasks. And so there are very there, there are versions of that in the content sphere as well. Um, and I think it opens up a lot a lot of stuff for that. And um of course like the frictions around payments and having to deal with a with a stripe and and them middlemanning you and taking a, a big chunk of this is all is all kind of bad. But uh you can imagine, you know, it, people are earning quite a bit of money on Substack, but Substack is taking 10% of that. So and you know part of that is likely the credit card uh processing fees. But it's also it's also using email. It doesn't need to be uh centralized. And so I think one of one of the other one of the other maybe aspects of bitcoin that's really going to enable uh content creators to to have like a little more um blank canvas is is the fact that we all have incentives to run computers now. <laughs> like we all have incentives to have a machine that runs that runs our bank. Um like uh we so it, it, it fits very naturally that we have other app. We might want to have other applications sitting alongside it while we have the hardware running. And now I can now I can maybe have a decentralized Substack where, where Substack gets There is no there is no uh, middleman. It's just me and the user now because I already have the infrastructure to do that kind of thing. And perhaps the software isn't built yet for that. But um, I don't need a I don't need a I don't need a I don't need a middleman because I don't need to interf- interface with a bank at all. I have this I have this, the centralized banking system. And then I don't. Also, I already have hardware running, so I have, I have the software running already. Um, I think that's 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 most of what we get in terms of content um, with Bitcoin. But I'm also very early in my experience, and I don't. Unfortunately, I don't have a ton of time to. I, like the the horizon of my thinking is 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 you know a few maybe a few months More out. Uh, Yeah, yeah, a few months out of what I what I expect my users to want, and Mm -hmm. so I don't get to be like super galaxy brained yet. I just kind of (laughs) I'm just kind of trying to respond on a day to day basis.
0: Right? Do you think your task in building something like this is? I mean, I mean, I guess this is always the task to some degree, but in in a like Substack is is kind of a great example because that seems like something you could easily integrate into something like Stacker News and just put Lightning on it and. Have it be even more censorship resistant and less friction and less uh, gouging or you know le- paying less fees in terms of the payments involved and then it it just seems like when all this stuff is so is going to be so easy to establish the the real thing becomes getting a community of users who like you foster somehow to stay on your platform based on how much they like the experience and how much of an emotional uh tie or pull they feel you know it's, you could call it how sticky it is but you know especially in, in bitcoin land like really fostering an environment that that bitcoiners appreciate and then being able to just basically plug in things like a Substack newsletter or a job board and stuff like that so i mean is that your primary task and if so you know how do you do it <laughs> what are the best ways of doing it i mean uh the best answer I have right now is I don't know.
1: So I have like a bunch of these kind of like possible, like these, this, I'm, I have a, like this, for, these forking paths, these forking futures that Stacker News might have. Um, but I definitely think that's part of it is that I can, you know, I can create like a, you know, be, it, create medium or Substack like experiences for users and, and the creators of that content that are, that are also consistent with their, their, Hacker News or Reddit like experiences, and so i I think there's I think there's something there. It's just i I haven't thought too far. I mean, it's it's actually a hazard in some ways when you're this early in a product. I think too far ahead and have like too clear of a vision because you really want to be able to like you want your sales to to catch uh, to catch the wind and not um, not um, not try to predict where the wind will be um but i but that that's definitely a path that i'm going to be exploring in certain ways um i think a job board will for will be like the first experience along the lines of of novelty that way um but i know like some of the early messages i got from users like maybe a week into sacra news existing was they they wanted to paywall their content kind of like a yalls.org or, or things like that. And they didn't want to have to do it themselves. Like they just wanted to post the content and be able to walk. They didn't want to have to run their own stuff and things like that. So I think there's definitely something there. It's just like, how do I fit that into, you know, kind of a Reddit like model? Like where does, like, where does that, where does that fit in? And, um, but I, it, it is something I think about. I just don't, I don't have any clear answers yet. And uh, I like to think that that's good, but I don't know.
0: Yeah. I mean, it, it, we think about this a lot with this pod, and, you know, Gigi's done a lot of great work or writing on it, and just how the value for value model and ecosystem is going to play out. And I think there'll be an element of, you know, maybe this is naive of me or, or whatever, too idealistic. But I do think, like, when you set value free, when you allow value to be expressed, by each individual user as a result of not having pricing imposed on people and having the payment rails unsiloed and minimally uh with a minimal amount of friction i think you we're probably going to be surprised at what results from that degree of freedom in the domain of being able to express uh finance uh, value through something like bitcoin like i think that's that's going to be really cool, but it still remains to be seen. And at the moment, it seems like it's, you know, hobbyists that like to play around and be a part of that emerging development, not necessarily a a, a great pull or incentive on people to adopt it. But I think, you know, we're, we exist in an environment today where there's a hell of a lot of censorship happening. And it seems to me that something that allows for, uh, to, to be able to resist that censorship, you know, of course, that's what Bitcoin is in, in the domain of money, and it, it's opening up certain opportunities in the domain of information and expression generally. That will be something that people are willing to pay for because they want that information and they don't want to be told what they can and can't listen to, and they don't want an intermediary in the middle there canceling people and all that kind of stuff. Um, so what, how do you think about censorship resistance in stacker news and how robust is it now and what are kind of your, your ways of thinking about it in the future in the not too distant future, I guess.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so this is, I guess this is, I guess I'm, uh, I'm violating one of my own kind of thoughts, but I do, but I do think a lot about, I think a lot about this issue because I think that's where, where the big value comes from eventually is like, how do, how do I make stacker news? How do I make stacker news central censorship resistant? How do I, uh, prevent, uh, these kind of deplatforming problems, that kind of thing. I think, um, I think that's a big area where a lot of us are competing right now. Who are building on Bitcoin? Like a lot of us, wa- a lot of us see the future that way, and we want to kind of deliver deliver that experience. Um, so right now, Stacker News is a centralized site like Twitter. Like if I wanted to censor it, I could. Um, I just have a principle that I won't. Um, but that it's possible for me to uh, violate that principle and, and remove content. Um, but I, but I think about this a lot and I, and I certainly don't want it to go that way. Cause I've had that experience myself on something like Reddit. Like before I worked on stacker news, I was working, I was working on an application and I found the perfect subreddit for it. Like the users who have the exact problem that my solution exists for. And I posted that app on that, on that platform when it was like in a decent stage to release to people. And it immediately went to the top of that subreddit. Like everyone in that subreddit was liking it. They're like, yes, this solves my problem. Um, And then the moderator removed it. He just removed it. He's like, "Uh, you can't, I mean, he didn't even tell me, he didn't give me any explanation for why he removed it. He just deleted it. And I sent him a message. I'm like, Hey, what happened? Your users were clearly liking this. Why would you do that? No response from him. So, like i feel i've felt the sting of this kind of thing in a in a, like an innocuous context where i'm do i'm actually doing the user as a service and i still get like you know censored um so one of the things we've done so so I, so along these lines we've been thinking a lot about like uh, like spam quite a bit and so one of the things we introduced recently is like this web of trust ranking algorithm just this very old idea from uh, like public early public key infrastructure where you know in order for you to prove your identity in terms of like this is my public key and I'm and I'm John you would have to you would have to use like a centralized service to kind of do that and the way that they got around it was they they created this web of trust idea where like if I had a pub key I could sign a message with that pub key that says I I this I I believe this to be this pub key to be John's and uh and I trust John you know uh some 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 to some level, and therefore everyone that John trusts to be an act like the accurate pub key of them, I trust those too. and so it allowed us to create like this decentralized uh way of trusting people in a way that was previously not possible and it, this is this is like the first social network on the web really was was this public key infrastructure stuff before any any other platforms existed and so we've kind of using that on stacker news to do ranking and one of and one of the benefits of that will be even on a centralized platform is that every user has could have their own web of trust and then they they end up seeing their own feeds so unlike reddit where there's just one feed and someone needs to moderate it because they don't want you know applications to appear in their in their subreddit at the top Instead, every user has their own point of view. Like they are self-moderating, they get they get to determine whose content they see and uh, they see and don't. And so, like that's one of the ways I think we can benefit. We can we can avoid certain kinds of censorship. And then, like the future way, hopefully, which is which is something I I really want to do, is is decentralized stacker news and really eliminate any po- like it 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 then becomes users don't have to trust me to not censor or a moderator or whatever to not censor. They, I can't possibly censor them. Um, That's, that's, that's the ultimate goal. And I think, I think this generation of web applications, um, the next, the, the, the real web three will be decentralized applications that previously couldn't exist because their incentives were broken. They'll be built using Bitcoin and uh, they'll do all the things they'll they'll exist by adopting adopting bitcoin into their application and, and using bitcoin they will um they will get put bitcoin's properties as like a decentralized system and so i believe that's what i can do with stacker news eventually um and that's that's how I hope to solve this problem, and it fits very nicely with with the web of trust model. You'll run, uh, John will be running his own Stacker News node if he if he wants to. There will still be the centralized service if someone wants it. But if mm-hmm. you're like, if you're engaged in certain communities that are perhaps prone to censorship uh, or getting shut down, um, you'll have you'll have users that you trust that you are connected to, um, and you're in you're like consuming their content. And you'll still see the most for you what is the most the highest signal given your web of the web of trust or the people that you trust in in the network but yeah it's 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 one of the like big problems i think uh Bitcoin applications can solve, given that they're already like hip to bitcoin and they kind of get what's like what makes it work
0: It's interesting to consider that you know, Bitcoin has inspired this kind of like DIY hardware movement, even though like putting together your your own node is not a very difficult or technical thing, but a lot of people that would never even consider such a thing have done it because they want to engage with their money on the best terms possible. And that that simple incentive to engage with perhaps the most important uh, element of your external or social life, i.e. money, is generating opportunities or providing a a familiar familiarity with or or, and and as a result an opportunity to be self-sovereign in other domains as well in forms of expression and messaging and and communications and publishing and information which may leverage that same infrastructure uh and it's just kind of bringing it to all things but incentivizing the very infrastructure needed for that to happen you know so it's it seems like there's a a wave of freedom of expression and freedom in various forms coming and i guess you know one philosophical question i'd like to ask you is how do you think we will deal with complete unrestricted uh speech expression communication you know cuz so cuz two things one i mean some things are not good some forms of expression are not good like probably objectively right and we all know them like like violence and wanting to do harm to people and, and certain sorts of th- sorts of things are are pretty objectively not good but you know you you kind of have to take the good with the bad with freedom right you know, like if 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 nobody can stop you from nobody gets to stop you from saying anything then anyone can say anything and uh we've been i think we've been brought up we've been coddled a lot as a as a culture um and we've And that's probably not a good thing because it's, it's made us less able to deal with maybe the more unsightly aspects of ourselves and to respond poorly when we do confront them as a result. But what do you think is um, going to be the result of unrestricted expression of value of information and, and other kinds, you know, in our, what seemingly are the future that's coming quickly. It's a,
1: it's a tough question, but I think, I think, your point is right about us being unprepared for it i don't think it'll be necessarily good um to start out with i think i think we'll have to learn norms around around freedom like i don't it's kind of like you know one of the common arguments against uh like an anarchist society is like the disruption that the transition would cause would be enormous and like we just don't there there will pr- problems will Uh, arise that we aren't prepared for um, because we we've been living in another system. So we don't we don't have um, like the learnings that are necessary, like the wisdom that's required to operate that way. And I think I think that'll occur on these platforms. Like one of the one of the uh, the lead investor in my round, one of the questions he asked me in my first interview was uh, like, how do you prevent stacker news from becoming like a gab or something? How do you, how do you prevent, like if you're, if you're really allowing like people to say whatever they want, how do you prevent it from becoming, um, you know, what, what, what a large portion of the population views as like kind of a cesspool. Um, and I don't, I don't really know much about gab, but, um, it's a, it's a good question. And I think, I think really, I think focusing on Bitcoin is, is, uh, it is like it's it's like the the early stages of the the culture really matter like how how it starts out and so focusing on bitcoin is really useful because because I think bitcoiners are very clear thinkers and uh they really get it and they um are like good actors, especially when they're um they're they're using bitcoin and um are and are trying to earn it so so that's why I'm I'm kind of very intentional about the early community as part is like trying to avoid what I see as like a hazard and like a real uh like a censorship free type of environment. I I mean I I wonder I mean I do think I think ultimately like on a long time scale freedom is good for people, but I do think it has a it has like a cost when you're when you're not free, it's kind of like, it's kind of like we were all like, it's like when you have like a casted limb or something and you, it's been, it's like atrophied and where Bitcoin is like allowing us to remove the cast and, um, you don't want to go and run a marathon on an ankle that was, that just came out of a cast. Um, it'll, it'll likely lead to re-injury and, um, but, you know, you, want, you don't want your leg in a cast, like always. So uh, I, yeah, well, I think it's I, ultimately good.
0: Yeah. I mean, there's another analogy maybe too, which is possibly overused in Bitcoin, but Plato's cave, right? When you first come out of the cave, the light is blinding and blind, being blind is not good, right? But yeah. once you adjust, uh, you're far better off. You know, I actually think that answer is exactly the right answer, which is, and this goes back to what we were saying about this power and influence that Bitcoin, however it exerts itself is exerting itself is like, that's, that's the answer you, and you just said it, like you make Bitcoin the vector by which this freedom, this form of freedom, freedom of expression is emerging. And you can see this already in, in the quote unquote culture or counterculture, community tribe, whatever you want to call it. Uh, it's from my vantage point, you have a lot of people that you know you have a lot of fuck you attitude because you have fuck you money, and that's good you know people are people are experiencing and in real time discovering what it is to be able to fully express what their opinion is where in most of us throughout various points of our lives and of course to varying degrees, we muzzled ourselves because our job was on the line, our status was on the line our social stand like all of that kind of stuff and and bitcoin is is allowing you to experience what life and consciousness and all those things can be like absent those concerns and and because it, it gives you that high degree of security or maybe not absent but you know dialed down a lot but and this is why big the, the bitcoin uh culture oftentimes gets mischaracterized by outsiders as toxic or um you know Really Disagreeable or something like that, but what my point is is that even with all that, with that attitude of being able to be free to express themselves, I see a, a extremely high morality within the, the the culture like if if and mostly I, I see it on Bitcoin Twitter, but obviously i've met and become close with a lot of bitcoiners through the podcast, and it's represented there too like if 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 that group of people encounters dishonesty or disingenuousness or you know too much greed or like any sort of counter like uh, behavior that is counter to some of these like virtues or principles that we would probably all agree are are highly valuable they get lambasted you know they get they get torn apart and so you've simultaneous. you've so you've got like a kind of viciousness But it's also a viciousness that holds up the the principles and virtues that are most important while allowing for freedom of expression around them. And so when we talk about like, yeah, but what are the risks of like just blatant and widespread free expression? I think the answer is like, is Bitcoin, you know, Bitcoin fixes this, I guess.
1: Yeah, no, I think, I think that's, I think that's true. Um, I think you can use any systems that are open and free, you know, it's a, you know a lot of the problems that we have on these platforms is that is perhaps that it doesn't cost you anything to have a bad take and uh giving giving it a giving it a cost might might fix the problem like might cause you to think more about having a bad take and uh i think i think it's definitely something that could be used like bitcoin could be used to to make make things better and i personally don't mind the toxicity i i mean i even like among people i don't agree with like i i like people to disagree with me i like people to tell me what i'm doing wrong i like i like it when my users tell me there are certain aspects of my product that suck i want i want i want to engage with uh things that that uh upset me and i think i think personally i think it's like a feature of bitcoin like the variance of attitude that exists and then like the pool of um and, the, and then like the strength of the attitude i i think it's um it's a benefit to everyone
0: i totally agree yeah I, i'm i've never been one of the critics of of the toxicity but i guess i you know to put a finer point on on the point i was making is like if bitcoin is going to be the means or the rails for permitting this freedom of expression i think the interesting and uh aspect of that phenomenon is that it also comes with certain embedded principles. And this is, this kind of goes back to the question is like, why does Bitcoin affect people so much? And I think one of the reasons perhaps among many is like by virtue of how it's constructed and, 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 uh, the principles that are imbued in it, it kind of emits them also. So when I say like the answer is Bitcoin, I, I guess, I mean, like, I think Bitcoin is for most people it's almost inevitable it's going to rub those principles that help to instantiate bitcoin itself are going to rub off on all the people who benefit from using it in whatever way and so if bitcoin is actually the thing that you need to use to have that freedom that total freedom of expression i kind of feel like the principles or the virtues of the culture it comes along with it whether you like it or not and that's kind of a a protective or balancing mechanism for the, the maybe Detrim- the more detrimental aspects of un uh restricted free speech or freedom of expression or something like that. Do you know what I'm saying?
1: Yeah, I think that, yeah, I I get it. I think I think that's a great point. I just wish I knew how like what underlying particle it was that's transmitting from <laughs> Bitcoin to all of these people that makes them behave better. Um I mean maybe maybe the answer is just obvious and it's like it is the incentives. It is like uh the long-term thinking thing, it just, but it feels, in, it feels super incomplete to me. It just doesn't feel like a, a super satisfying answer. It has I, to be I something think else.
0: everyone's with you there. Like that. <laughs> yeah. Those easy answers, like time preference and that yeah. jazz, like definitely play a role, but definitely not the whole story, which is why we end up in this super weird territory of talking about Bitcoin in more esoteric or religious terms, because it seems to bring you down those roads to, to those landscapes of meaning and value uh, by virtue of just trying to pursue where, where they're coming from, like where these the, where these phenomena are coming from.
1: Yeah. I mean it, it has like a very similar feeling to like trying to explain consciousness where it's like you just they're like your brain emits no words to <laughs> to describe it when you attempt to. And uh you know, maybe maybe there is something you know far more magical about it um
0: than we realize. I think you're probably right. And we'll we'll fumble around uh for many years to come trying to figure out exactly or precisely what that might be. Um, Kian, this has been awesome, man. Do you have anything else that you wanted to, to cover or shill before we shut it down?
1: Oh, I mean, this whole podcast is a shill for stacker news. Um, <laughs> so uh, stacker.news, you can go there. We're on Twitter. I share occasionally things. Uh, we do stacker live. If you don't like reading, we like cover the top, Uh, five podcasts and you can find that on twitter stacker underscore news um but yeah it's been it's been an absolute pleasure jv like talking to you uh in person i was like i was profoundly impacted by your money the messiah piece like it really it really just like struck a like a deep chord with me and it's just I it made it like it put words to like this thing that we're talking about that we can't describe and uh, i think even though like uh, like you acknowledge it's not a complete picture yet of it. It does. It feels very true to me.
0: Well, thank you, man. I appreciate that. And it brings me a lot of joy to know that, uh, you, you found value or you got value from it. And I, I agree. I mean, this is, this is the point, right? We, this is a stumbling point. We take these ideas and we take these ill-formed thoughts and we try to bring some structure to them. And then we put them out there for all the other minds to consume. And then, you know, I think what we all hope is that, this ongoing and on growing conversation between all of these minds and all of these experiences will hopefully step by step and as time goes on deliver greater clarity around this stuff and i guess the point is like i think i guess we all think there's there's value in having greater clarity over that like getting closer to the source or a source of some kind and you know here we are again back in (laughs) religious domain so i'll shut it down for now we can fire that conversation up another time but uh i love what you guys are doing it's awesome to see you know i love the attitude of just build and leverage these emerging technologies and obviously with a strong founding in the ethos of bitcoin and and the bitcoin culture so i wish you guys nothing but the best and i'm sure we'll be speaking soon thank you all right brother take care I hope you all enjoyed that discussion with Kian and I encourage you all to pop over to Stacker News for a look at what's going on in Bitcoin land. If you'd like to hear more from Kian, follow him on Twitter at K00BIDEH or visit Stacker.News to get set up with an account and join a conversation. Thanks for tuning in to another episode of Closing the Loop and we'll see you next time.